to go on with our message. We started last week. Do you really know God? Do you really know God? A lot of people claim to know God. A lot of people call upon God. They have doubts sometimes, but they believe God is. But do you really know God? God wants you to know Him. You can't exit from this life without knowing God for yourself. God has no grandchildren. You have to know God for yourself. Your wife cannot know God for you. You can't know God for your wife. It's an individual thing. You have to strive to know God for yourself. But God is very clear. If you seek me with all of your heart, you'll find me. If you're playing games, you'll never find God. If you just want to get by, God will never reveal himself to you. But if you truly want to know God, it doesn't matter who you are, if you truly want to know God and you want to be a part of what He is doing on the earth, God will reveal Himself to you by His Word. And once He has revealed Himself, one moment of revelation will transform your life. Just one moment of revelation in the sight of God, in the presence of God, will transform your life, not only your life, but so many lives after you that your life will touch. God's looking for a man or a woman to reveal himself to. And once he's revealed himself to you, your life will be totally transformed. There is one thing to know of God. It's another thing to really know God. To know him the way he is. It is the knowledge of God that will position you to reflect His light. When the Bible says you are the light of the world, that's what it's talking about. You can't reflect God's life until you know God. Jesus said, I know Him. I, know, I, I came from Him. I know Him. If I say that I don't know Him, I'll be a liar just like you. But I know Him. And so when you know God, God begins to manifest Himself to you and is the knowledge of God that puts you and directs you into your destiny. Then he leads you. For those who know God, if you have accepted Christ, then Jesus himself becomes wisdom to you so that you can grow in God. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What is that saying? The fear of God, and in the New Testament is when you get to know of God and you hear the message of salvation and you listen to what Jesus has done for you and how much he loved you, how much he loves you and what he has done on the cross for you, how he came down from heaven just for your sake, Because of you, if you were the only one on the earth, he would have done it. He loves you personally and gave his life personally for you. When you hear that message and you believe it, you love him. In the Old Testament, the word fear is used. But in the New Testament, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And when you love God, that's the beginning of wisdom. 
That is the beginning of wisdom. So if you don't know God and don't love God, you haven't started when it comes to wisdom. That's just the beginning. When you are born again, that's the beginning of wisdom. wisdom the wisdom of God is limitless. You can never exhaust the wisdom of God while you live on this earth. There's so much to know. So he tells you, he didn't say, if you fear God, that's wisdom. No, it's the beginning of wisdom. So it's the starting place for the wisdom of God. It will grow from there. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Again, that's another word for wisdom. Because when God gives you wisdom and gives you understanding... Then, your knowledge will mean something. Knowledge is very powerful. Knowledge is, cannot be hindered. Jesus said, and you shall know the truth, knowing the truth, and the truth will set you free. The only thing that limits knowledge is wisdom. And wisdom comes from the knowledge of God. There are a lot of people out there that know about Jesus dying for their sins. Right? He's not doing them any good. Because they don't apply wisdom. And wisdom comes from the love of God. In the fear of God. The beginning of wisdom. They have the knowledge. But no wisdom. It does them no good. But when you understand and you have that wisdom because of the fear of God and, and the fact that you know Jesus loved you and he loves you and you are loving him back, that's when the wisdom to apply the knowledge and the truth that you have gained from the word to work for you and for your destiny. Amen. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So because it's the beginning of wisdom, when you increase knowledge, you will increase your wisdom. You, when you increase the knowledge of God, the knowledge of the Holy One, you increase understanding. And when you increase understanding, then you increase your wisdom. And so as you study the Word, you gain wisdom and that helps you to use the Word to go on, for, on to your destiny. So just the knowledge of the word is not good enough. But if, if you know God and you fear him, as you increase the knowledge of him, because he reveals himself to us by his word. And God will reveal himself to you. And the more he reveals himself to you, the more you are separated from other men. You are no longer ordinary. And Jesus was very clear, I know him. Because I came from him. Into the world. And John tells us, He who is from above, is above all. So when you have the wisdom and understanding, we're coming to that, when you have the wisdom and understanding, that truly, even though you are on the earth, you, God has made you to sit together with Him in heavenly places, so even though you are on the earth, you know where you came from. And He who is from above, is above all. Above sickness and disease. Amen. 
above satanic attacks. Will they try? Definitely they try. They tried with Jesus. They wanted to kill him so many times. But until the time came for his destiny, which was to go to the cross, you couldn't do that. You can't, you can't kill him. Only what is written of him. He said, I came in the volume of the book. It was written of me. And until that, what, that which is written of him is fulfilled. You can't kill him. You don't have what it takes to do it. So we don't have to be afraid of the devil. We don't have to be afraid of men. We don't have to be afraid of the economy. We don't have to be afraid of anything. If we line up with the world, the world will take us there. That's your destiny, the word of God. And that's the wisdom of God. Coming from the word of God. That's what it is. That's what it is. He says a wise man is strong. And a man of knowledge increases strength. A wise man is strong. What kind of wisdom are we talking about? Is the wisdom of God. It will not only help you spiritually, it will also help you in the natural. So your body is not attacked constantly with sickness and disease, sometimes up, sometimes down, unsure of tomorrow. When you read about Jesus in the scriptures, I mean, you know he carried himself with so much confidence. Even in the presence of trouble, he was the master. And so when we know him, even though we're surrounded with the enemy and all kinds of difficulties and tough times, we don't look at what we see with our eyes. We know where we are from. We came from above. And who, who is from above? He's above all. We are ambassadors for Christ because our home is in heaven. We are foreigners here. He sent us here. If you don't have the wisdom and knowledge, you'll think, well, how can that be? My mother gave birth to me. I am of the earth. How can you tell me I came from up there? That's because your knowledge is so little. And if your knowledge and wisdom is little, then your strength is little. So we got to stay with God's word that will free us. A wise man is strong. And a man of knowledge increases strength. And that's not just strength, natural strength. We are talking about spiritual strength. The strength that comes from the Holy Spirit. Many times you, when, I, when I was a kid and I loved to read about something. And, and how, how he was pushing all those pillars off. And all, and all my thinking was, man, if that man shows you his biceps, you'll run. I said, I've seen something. But he was just like every other man. And that's why the Philistines wanted to know, where is he getting this strength from? When he says, that's not my strength, they said, we know. But tell us your secret. Where is this strength coming from? Because you don't have the biceps. How, could, how can you carry the whole thing off? That's the strength we're talking about. But you see, that strength is still available to us, that was available to him in the physical realm. God, that strength is still available to us, the Samson's of our day. The strength is still available to us, but it's available to us in the spirit. Samson was afraid of no enemy when he was right with God. 
He knew he could take them on. And when we know our God, we shouldn't be afraid of anything. If God be for us, who can be against us? It's when we don't know God that we fret and we're worried and we're going to and fro looking for somebody to prophesy over us to tell us the future is okay. I don't need any prophecy to tell me about my future. I've got enough prophecy in this book to make my future. I don't need anybody telling me. I'll listen to them. But that's a confirmation of what God's already told me. And if it deviates from this, I just blow it off. Amen. Because this is what is right. Let God be true and every man a liar. Don't listen to men. Men, if they speak from the word, I listen. If it's not coming from the word, the prophecy doesn't come from the word, that's not me. I, the, uh, I can't, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up, whether it's a prophet's tongue, don't matter whose tongue it is, if it doesn't line up with the book, he's going to bring fear to me. I reject it. I cancel it. It won't work. It won't work. Jesus always said, don't be afraid. Only believe. If the word of the preacher brings me fear, uh, uh, it's not coming from God. And I'm not going to listen. Some of us, if, you, if you've been in our church for a long time, there was one Sunday morning I had, we had a prophecy in our church. Some of us who were here were Remember, this fellow said, uh, you walk out of this church, uh, you turn to the right, and there was a bad accident. You remember that, Pastor Wendy? Yes. And everybody was like, ooh. A bad accident, and he went on with that prophecy. And I got up, I said, no weapon formed against us will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against us in judgment you know, let the church know. I wasn't attacking him. I just know if that's Satan, even if he's coming from God, we still have the power. It's a revelation from God. And he's telling us so we know how to do something about it. Amen? And we did something about it. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid. So that's what it is. Let me share something with you about multiplying grace multiplying grace wisdom and peace we already said when you become saved that's the beginning of wisdom right because you fear God the, greater you, the more you love God, the greater your wisdom. So you're growing that. Grace makes it so that no matter what happens to you in life, God will be sure you don't suffer disgrace. I always tell the Lord, God says in Isaiah 54, he said, uh, I, will not, I will not put you to shame. That means, if I have grace multiplied in my life, nothing will make me suffer disgrace. Amen. Nothing. Grace means favor. When you have grace in your life, 
That means what's happening to the rest of them cannot happen to you. Enoch, is it Noah? It was not Enoch. In, uh, Noah found favor in the, in the sight of God before the flood. Everybody died. But because of his favor, he was removed from the rest of the world. You can't have favor or grace from God and suffer disgrace. Grace will beautify your life. Amen? The grace of God will beautify any man's life. When you find grace or favor in the sight of God, your life is going to be separated. The Bible talked about Mary. You are highly favored, right? Till today, we, everybody on the earth will agree that was a blessed woman, favored of God. When you have grace upon your life from God, you are highly favored, just like Noah, in his favor, he separated himself from the rest of the world. And though everybody died in the world, he saved himself and his family. Why? Because he found grace and favor in the sight of God. That means if you can multiply grace in your life, you can multiply favor upon your life that will not only affect your life, but everything around you. So I have to find out, is there a way to multiply grace? Because if you multiply grace, you will multiply peace. Shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. You'll have that in your life. Second Peter verse one, verse two, uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 2. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you. How? In the knowledge of God. In the knowledge of God. Not just knowing about God, but knowing God. I know of President Obama. I don't know President Obama. His family, his wife, they know him. And God is seeking an intimate relationship. Son, if you talk to Obama's children, they'll tell you what he's like. And they talk about him like he's not that big shot that he is in all over the world. That's the most powerful man. But if you talk to his child, that's just daddy. Talk to them. Oh yeah, everybody does it, but that's daddy. How's daddy? They'll tell you, and it's all simple things. But there's that closeness. And daddy's eyes are fixed on the, the world can go to pieces. Those children are more important to him than the government. If he's a good man. That's the relationship we have with God. The apple of his eyes. You are more important to God than the universe. The universe was not made in his image. You were. God could care less about the universe and the earth and all the planets. You are more important to him than the universe. You are his child. You have his eyes. You have his nature. But if you don't know it, you can't live that way. So, 
grace and peace be multiplied to you. You want to multiply your peace? You want to multiply favor? Not, go, not going just to a, a prophet to prophesy over you. That's not going to multiply your grace. A prophet, nobody can prophesy that on you. You have to know God yourself. Running from pillar to post, running from one ministry to the other, hopefully they give you the word of God and direct you and set you on a path that would lead to you knowing God more. But laying hands on you, that will only last for a few days. Prophesying to you, that will only last for some time. God wants a relationship with you. Don't have to go through somebody. If I want to talk to Omar and I keep sending, told you to talk to him, he's standing there and I said, told you, tell him. One day he's going to say, why don't you talk to me, daddy? What's the matter? Hello? You have that same relationship. And you have to be confident in the relationship you have with God and he loves you. He loves you. You got to know him. That's how you find favor. You're constantly around him. In a home, a child that is always, it seems like he's bothering daddy, but every time he sees daddy, he wants to be carried. He wants to be around daddy. Guess what's going to happen in the future? Daddy's heart, is, you think it's favoritism, but no, that kid... There's something about him. And probably daddy's always thinking, because every time daddy shows up, oh, daddy, daddy, daddy. They have other kids, but there's something going on between these two. Amen? Because he's constantly going to daddy. And say, mommy says, don't bother daddy. Daddy says, don't, don't worry about it. Let him come. Amen? Because he enjoys that. The more we spend time with him, the more we study his word to know him, he knows you care. And that you love him. And you care about his walk on the earth. You know about how Jesus loved his father. He said, The night comes when no man can walk. I must do the work of my father who sent me. Remember that? Don't you realize I must be about my father's business? And God says, that's my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. So you can multiply grace. You can do it. If you feel God too far, it doesn't matter how soon you've, been, you've come to, to God. Even if it was just yesterday. But your heart is, I've got to know God. Before long, you'll be a leader and God will be using you all over the world. You know, I read about T.L. Osborne. He was crying out, God, we got to reach them. What am I going to do? He went to India, came back, crying out. He started running to and fro. He spent nights with God. And he, he knew he was already saved. And he says, these multitudes can't go to hell. God, you got to show me. I, I can't win them. I, showed, I read to them from my black book, my Bible. And they read back to me from the Quran. I can't. God. Yeah. And so God gave him that great gift. And he was able to reach multitudes all over the world because he wanted to please his father. Multiplied grace. 
multiplied grace and peace through the knowledge of our God. That's when you are strong. You know, God has also made a lot of things available to every child of His. A lot. I still don't fully get it. I'm still trying. God, please help me. I need to understand it. If you want to get the picture, look at the story of the prodigal son. The two boys at home. They had so much at home. Everything was available. They had servants. They had, and you have servants, angels. Amen. They have been sent. They are all over the place. And so much, Father, so wealthy. And his kids were over this stuff. One of the kids, the one we call the prodigal one, he knew what was available to him. Amen. And he was enjoying it to the point where he demanded, I want my own share right now. I, don't, I can't wait. And that's an amazing story. He demanded his portion while the father was still alive. And the father gave it to him. Hey. Father did. But the other kid, he couldn't even kill a, 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 a goat or something, a sheep, to enjoy himself. What's the matter with that? One gain, had the understanding he was a son and he could get whatever he wanted. The other one didn't. The one that we don't call the prodigal, he didn't. But they had everything. The house was fully supplied. And that's a picture of God and us as children. Amen? And we can come back. And everything's still there. The Father will still welcome you back. But I don't want to be like the brother of the prodigal son. Who stayed and says, I've worked for you all these years and you didn't even give me anything. I never had a party, nothing. This father said, everything, you could have taken whatever you wanted. Do, enjoy yourself. He had no clue. The only way you know that is when you really get to know the father well. I know it's hard that he's willing to let go. The, the other son, the prodigal one, knew he could get whatever he wanted. And he took it, even though he wasn't doing the right thing. Jesus said, the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. You heard that scripture before? The children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. There's so much that's available for us. We just have to know Him. We just have to multiply grace. And you have to desire it. Let me tell you this. God will not give you anything that you don't want. He won't. The desires of a righteous man shall be what? Granted. God will never give you anything. That's why the message of, oh, we don't want to hear about this prosperity thing and all of that. If you don't want it, God's not going to give it to you. That's okay. Believe what you want. God will give you what you need and what you want. And also, whenever God gives you something, it comes with much grace from Him. God doesn't just give you something that's going to destroy you. He said, you earthly fathers, you, don't, you know, 
even though you are evil, you know how to give good gifts. Not gifts that will hurt your children. So if you, God knows this is not going, it's not going to go well with you, he's not going to give it to you. And so just settle that. But I can desire it. And if God gives it to me, I'm right in his will. And he wouldn't hurt me. So you can multiply grace. And you can multiply knowledge. How do you receive the things that God has made available to us? In Second Peter, the same chapter, chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, it says, as his divine power. So God is using his Godhead power to give us things. Can I hear an amen? As his divine power has given to us, not going to, his divine power has given to us some things. Is that what you read? All things that pertain to life and godliness. All things. All things. All things means all things. Notice he didn't say all spiritual things. That's the way people think. He said all things, both spiritual, material, mental, everything that pertains to life and godliness. Christian living and paying your bills. All things. And we have to have that confidence in him. So how do you enjoy all those things? Through the knowledge of Him. So you got to know Him. You got to know Him. You remember last week I read from Proverbs, I believe 30, the man was saying he was the most stupid man among all men. Why? Because he didn't have the knowledge of the Holy One. When you have the knowledge of the Holy One, then you will realize everything that pertains to life and godliness have been made available to you. Only through the knowledge of Him. Through the knowledge of Him who called us to glory. You know what that word means? Beauty. Check it. Beauty. Virtue, that word means excellence. God called you to beautify your life. Through all that his divine power is not, but is already given to us. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life. And godliness. Why? Because he called you to beautify your life. To give you excellence. You know, sometimes people want to believe what they believe. Well, I don't believe that. Well, if your belief doesn't line up with scripture, God doesn't have any obligation to, to fulfill that. That's your thinking. I've got to line up with his word. How shall two walk together except they be in agreement? Amos 3 verse 3. 
You can't walk with God unless you are in agreement with Him. And if you disagree with Him, that means you are di- if you disagree with the Word of God, guess who you are disagreeing with? God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. So when you disagree with His Word because you have your own feeling and your own, what you really believe, <laughs> if it doesn't line up with Scripture, you are on your own. Between you and the devil, God's out of it. So, my thing is, I've got to line up with what God says. Even when it doesn't make sense and my, my situation doesn't agree with it, I say, yeah, I agree, but I don't see any situation. It don't look like anything. But that's the way it was in the beginning, right? The earth was without form and void. And then, then God spoke. So, I speak God's word into that situation. Even though there is confusion presently. Things are going to change. Because I know the word of God. He's called us to glory and virtue. It says, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these, through these great and precious promises, those things that he's told us, he's given to us. All things that pertain to life and godliness. That through these, you, we may be partakers of his divine nature. If we are partakers of divine nature, right? If you, we, we are getting there. We are being changed, transformed from glory to glory. But it's wrong. it will be terrible to hear, oh, let's pray for Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, he has a tumor. Everybody will turn and say, what did you say? What Jesus... What Jesus are you talking about? Are you talking about Jesus from Mexico? Or what is this? <laughs> and if you keep repeating it, they'll know you've lost. Something is wrong with your head. Because it can never happen. But no, Jesus, we are flesh of his flesh, right? Bone. Of his bones. That's what the scripture says. By what the Bible tells us. In Ephesians. We are part of him. He is the head. And we are his body. But all of these things. We can partake of his divine nature. How? Through the knowledge. Of him. So the cry is. I want to know him. Was that not Paul's cry? I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I want to know him. The fellowship of his sovereign. I want to go through what he went through. I want to know that power that raised him from the dead. Until there is something burning inside of you, for that God has nothing to fulfill. You have to always give God something with which to work. Jesus never multiplied bread. He didn't just say, well, bread, here we go. He said, what do you have? Give me what you have. He takes it from you. He breaks it, blesses it, gives it right back to you, multiplied to meet all of your needs and over. But you got to give him something. You got to give him something. You got to give him something. And you know the good news about this? You already have what he's looking for. Amen? 
You already have it. Give it to him. That boy had the lunch, right? You have what you need. What he needs, you can give it to him. He's just a question of if you're willing to let him have it. And you know how to let him know you're willing? By seeking him with all of your heart. He says, if you search for me with all of your heart, God says, call upon me and I will answer you. He will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. So he's going to be teaching you. But he also promised more than that. He said, I'll teach your children. Isaiah 54. Not just you, I'll teach your children as well. I like to come back home and, uh, uh, after the day's work and Jesus has sitting by a chair teaching my children some truth. Amen? That's what he promised to give. Stand up with me tonight. I had to ask the Holy Spirit. I need, I need your help. I do that every time. <coughs> you prepare, but you don't know what you're going to do. Because most times, I'm telling you the truth. I'm asking for help. God, let me say what you want me to say. Because these are your people. They are precious to you. And I don't take the privilege of being able to stand and speak for him lightly. It's very important to me. No matter who is in the congregation, who is listening to me, but let them hear something from you that will transform their lives. That's what my prayer is. And I pray that God has shown you something tonight that in humility, not because it's coming from pastor, but because it's God's word, you have received so that your life is being washed and you are being changed from glory to glory because he's called you to glory and virtue to beauty and excellence. You may not be there then, and I'm not there yet. And I don't know if I will ever be there on this side of heaven. But I want it. Whatever he has for me, I want it. Give it to me now. And I will be patient. I won't hurry him. I won't tell him, if you don't do it now, I'm going to go. No, I'll stay and wait for him. Wait patiently for the Lord. And they that wait on the Lord... You know about that scripture. If you wait on him, you will never faint. <laughs> you will be as the eagle. And your life will be renewed. Amen. Let's lift our hands up to our God today. If there's nothing there, tell God, please give me hunger for you. You know, that's the number one thing to watch. When everything doesn't make it, just, you're just going through the motions. That's a dangerous place to be. Please, in the name of our God, Jesus, tonight, don't allow yourself to go there. Whatever you ask God, God, my heart is dry. I don't have the passion anymore. I don't have the desire like I used to have. Can you help me, God? I want to go after you. I want to wake up early. I, I want to study the scriptures. I used to do it. The desire is not there anymore. And you can't blame yourself. We are all humans. But whatever you desire from the Lord, He is able to give to you. He is able to give to you. God, change the story of my life. 
Let my life give you glory. Let others look at me and see what you're doing and give you glory. God, I desire that. Let me not pass from this earth until men give you glory watching and looking at what you are doing in my life. That's the meaning of life. When they give you glory because of what you're doing. Never be satisfied with what God has done in your life. Let's move past what is done in the past. I need fresh fires. I need fresh bread. I need to go. I need to grow. If we have reached Cyprus, we want to reach Houston. We want to reach the world. I cannot be satisfied. I have but a short time, but I will do everything to, to glorify my God so that God is blessed for creating me. I want to give him that, at least that, for all of his love, for everything he's done for me. Just that, just this little thing I can do for him while I still have strength. And there is still light in the world. I want to do something for my God who gave himself for me. Who died for me. Who gave everything for me. Let me do just that little thing that will put a smile on his face. I'm not going to hold back. It's time to be serious with the God. If there is a God, I'm going all the way. I don't care what anybody says. If they criticize me, let them criticize. I've got to know God. I have to know Him. I have to know Him. I want to enjoy the fellowship of His suffering. I want to know Him. I want to know that power of His resurrection. They may not have any desire for God, but I want that desire. Give it to me. Baptize me with it. May I never recover from that baptism. That's what we want from our God. Others may be playing games with God. But I'm not going there with them. I'm not going to, I'm not going to walk with them. I'm not going to stand with them. I'm not going to sit with them. Sitting with mockers. The first thing is to walk with them. And then you stand and then you sit with them, mocking. That's not our portion. That's nobody's portion today. Your portion is you are going on with your God. And I pray that God will give you that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. So you know the hope of your calling. Know the riches of the glory of His inheritance in you as a saint. Know that. The power that God has demonstrated towards you because you are so precious. He gave it all so that you can get to know Him. Father God, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, minister to your people tonight by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I, I pray that all of those things that are so trivial, that are distracting us, and stopping us from going forth. For everyone who is a part of this fellowship. Those that are here tonight and those that are not here. Lord, give us a passion for God. Give us a passion for the work of God. Give us, let that fire of the Holy Spirit be poured out upon us tonight. 
And upon this church and everyone that comes in here, Father, we want to thank you for your great love. We want to thank you for your great mercy. We give you praise, O God, tonight. Blessed be your name. I'm just going to close and I'm going to tell you the way I feel led. You can leave, but if also if you feel like finding a little place here where you can spend some time, don't have to be long, short time between you and your master, your God. This is corporate, but you can get in your closet right here, wherever you want, and you can leave at any time. That's the way I'm going to conclude this service today. But find some time. If you can do it, you have to go. Still look for some time between you and your God. Let a new thing begin in your life today. Amen. God bless you. We're